Welcome to the Take Your Base Podcast. I'm your host, David. I'm here with Nick, Milan. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing this evening? What's up? What's Skull. up? Baseball's back, boys. Going, Baseball's back. going on? Could be part of it. We got a couple days here until opening day. I know we're excited. A non-COVID season. Unfortunately, we are Cubs fans, so how exciting it will be, we're not sure yet. But baseball's back, and that's the most important part. So speaking of the Cubs, I think we should jump right in. Talk about them. Talk about the White Sox, the other team here in Chicago. Uh, it was a big offseason in terms of not a whole lot of movement there for the Cubs. Uh, I know, obviously, some players left, made some trades. So let's kind of talk about what were your guys' favorite things of the offseason and least favorite things for the Cubs so far that's happened. Um. I think my favorite thing so far, I mean, it's kind of a very dull offseason, but I think my favorite thing is they signed Jock Peterson. Um, Dave, as you as you know, I've been clamoring about Jock Peterson since that home run derby. Um, yeah. And to see him be ultimately, and I hate saying this, but he's a better version of Kyle Schwarber. Um, yes. so, I'm sorry, got to say it. He's a better fielder. Um but I, I like that pickup. It wasn't a big, you know, blockbuster move like I would have liked. But you know, it is what it is. Does a job, fills a role. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been a typical Chicago Cubs, you know, sexy offseason acquisition. Not a U Darvish or a John Lester. Uh, like you said, probably yes, a better defender than Schwarber. I don't know if he's a better player than Kyle Schwarber. I I'm a big fan of Kyle Schwarber. I don't think he's, you know, that much of an upgrade, if any. But for me, in a, in a, I guess, uneventful offseason, I would probably say my favorite offseason move for the Cubs was getting Jake Arrieta back. Not because he's the same Jake that we had when he was a Cy Young winner, but because it brings some familiarity and excitement to the Chicago Cubs, right, in a time that we need it. Yeah. Could have a no, bounce back I, here, too. Yeah, Nick, no, go ahead, dude. I want you to start off about Arietta because you had some very high high remarks for him. Well, I well, no, him. I didn't have high remarks. I'm just saying, you know, I was looking – listen, I was looking at the odds today on DraftKings, and he he is uh, he's up there. And, you know, he's – it could be – dude, we see this all the time in baseball where a guy leaves, you know, has a good career in one place, leaves, does terrible, and then goes back to – the place he was before and rejuvenates the career. We've seen that in sports, you know, throughout history. Um, you know, maybe, maybe uh, you know, fifteen games, sixteen game winner, maybe. Yeah, it's the hardest throw on I mean, the damn yeah. team. The Cubs are going to need it. Uh, they're plugging him in as their number two to uh, start the season. Obviously, um, David Ross said that's not final. We'll see how he pitches. But I mean, high hopes. I have. You have to have high hopes for him. Um, going off young Jack, he's had a he's had a killer um, spring training as well. Has seven home runs now, which is tied with Bobby Dahlbeck of Boston for most in spring training in both leagues, grapefruit and cactus. So he's going off ever since the World Series, where he hit 426 in the World Series. He's figured it out. Something with the hands aren't moving, the mechanics are better. So I'm excited for him. And another outfit we brought in not too long ago, Jake Marisnik. He's got four home runs already. You know, like seven games for the Cubs, and I think he can be pretty big. What do you guys think about Marisnik in center? 
Yeah, I mean, he's solid. He came over from Houston, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Good defensive guy, I mean, too. he's yeah, he's a very good defensive guy. Always kind of like a fourth outfielder for them. And in baseball, that's huge, right? These guys aren't playing every single day. Uh, so, yeah, I like it. He's versatile, a good center fielder, you know, a little bit of a five-tool. Not, not magnificent in anything, but solid at everything. That's the kind of guy that I like to see play. Yeah, I agree with that with that statement. I mean, I like Marisnik. He's not, like you said, I mean, to hammer the point, not going to do one thing terribly, but, you know, he's not he's not an everyday player. But, you know, he's speedy. You know, he's a better version of Almora. I agree. Yeah. A much better version of Almora. Much better. Yikes. Yeah. So so, what did we what did we dislike? Well, <laughs> where do you start? <laughs> yeah. uh, Milan, go ahead and start us off. What was your least favorite thing that happened here for the Cubs? The least favorite thing. This is a this is a fluid situation. Unfortunately, I think it was the Nico Horner thing. We'll get into that later. But I think my least favorite thing currently is not extending Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant. The yeah. Chris Bryant things have been off the table for a couple months. That's understood. Anthony Rizzo's here's the offer. Um, this is by a source on Twitter, um, relatively verified, wrote a baller. Um, apparently, the Cubs' offer was five years, seventy million dollars, which in How baseball far? terms is not a lot. That's not a lot. Um, there are an influx of good, you know, relatively good power hitting left handed first baseman, but you need to put in consideration what he did with this team, um, the the leadership he brings to this team, right? And I feel like that's kind of a spit in the face. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone knows what he can do. He's a gold glove first baseman. He's a 30-home run, you know, consistently on-base type of player, heart and soul of the Chicago Cubs. So I agree with you. Uh, I, I, I understand not extending Chris Bryant right now. I know some people are mixed on that, but I don't think any Cubs fan would disagree with you about mm-hmm. them being disappointed and Rizzo not being extended. What do you What do you guys value Rizzo at? This was a question I brought up to – some people this weekend and I think personally, like, yes, he's done a lot for this franchise. I mean, five years, 70 mil, that's almost a little, I guess it's a little under 15 a year, just about. But I mean, I think he's between 17 to 22 a year. So you think, what do I value him at dollar wise? Yeah. Like what are you extending him per year? Because you got to keep in mind, you know, guys like, I mean, I think Trout's making 40. I think, like, all these guys, well, Cole, Machado, are so, making 30. So here's, here's like, the difficulty with guys like Rizzo and Bryant. Well, in, in situations this year because of COVID. So I know, like, MLB doesn't have a salary cap, right? But owners, obviously, they had losses and things didn't go as according to plan because of COVID. I think that's a given for every single franchise in the MLB. So less money to go around. However... I do think that Rizzo should be extended for what a top eight, top five first baseman is making in the league. I mean, he is is undoubtedly top ten and most likely a top five first baseman. Like, I don't have any doubts that he should be getting that type of money. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the uh, I don't think it's too much more than about fifteen million a year, but I think it's in the seventeen to twenty three range. Twenty, yeah. Again, I think he's earned it. Um, it's very much different in the Cubs situation. I understand that across the board, he should be getting this money. Obviously, you know, the Cubs have a hobby bias and a Chris Bryant to try to extend to and have to pick their poison. Um, but I, I, he should get the money. It's really a spit in the face how low that offer was. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, 
Cubs front office not doing us a whole lot of whole lot of good this offseason. Not a whole lot of good. Um, I would say for me, the least favorite thing, uh, just outside of the lack of activity that we have for bringing people in, was probably trading you and Caratini. I really do like Victor Caratini, a switch hitting catcher, you know, solid hitter, solid defensive uh, defensive catcher. Um, and obviously, we saw what you did uh, to finally like see him break through after the couple of years of struggles after we got him. And then to see him go kind of stinks, especially because yeah, Zach Davies is a solid starter. He's he's not a number one like you, that's for sure. But I just I, the prospects were the problem for me. I know we got four guys and they're all young, but there wasn't anybody like super noteworthy for the, for me to see what some of these other guys got traded for. Right. I mean, you see the deal with especially for the Padres. You see the deal right. with Snell, and they gave up a couple of top prospects. In the MLB, and I don't think we got one top 100 prospect. No, we got like they did not. We got like th- four or five, like 15 year olds. Yeah, they're young. They have potential, which is great. But in the MLB, these guys are 18. They're maybe seven years away from playing. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's interesting. The haul they got back for Darvish was. It was very pitiful for especially how he performed last year. I get that people are like, yeah, well, the Padres ate some of his contract. It, like, how much? Like, but what so did he do with that see? money? So we they ate part of that contract. How much that we couldn't go and extend a guy like Rizzo or get another big free agent? They're too worried about sushi restaurants. Sushi restaurants. They're too worried about making them in Wrigley and making their little profits. The sushi restaurants is the problem, I guess. <laughs> My uh, speaking of sushi problems. My favorite, or not my favorite, the thing I I think I disliked the most, mine had to be uh, letting John Lester walk. And, I mean, yes and no. I just think a guy his age, we could sign him, you know, on a flyer for a year or two. He wanted to stay in Chicago, a good veteran leader. He's been consistent. I mean, he's probably, I mean, a year like this, he probably is, going to be a 500 pitcher with a three ERA, but you know that he's going to go out there and, you know, give you solid starts and be a presence in that clubhouse. And I think, you know, obviously we have guys like Alzelay, I mean, uh, Williams, he, he could have been that nice, you know, four or five to really solidify that starting lineup and throw in a lefty. Cause I don't think we have a lefty in our rotation right now. Negative. So, you know, I, I don't know. I would have liked to see them. I mean, because he didn't really sign for that. He would. He wasn't asking for that much either. So, you know, no. why not extend him? The problem I have. The problem I have with that is I understand we signed Jake Arrieta to fill that gap. We turned around after letting Lester walk, who was already part of this team and stuck with us the last two years, even after the World Series, and we paid Arrieta more money. They're the same age, same ERA, same whip, same spot in their careers. He's already there. Said verbally he's willing to take a pay cut. Just the first of the dominoes of very poor moves. And it's just trying to save face like, oh, wow, you guys, it turns out the fans didn't like us cutting Joe Luster. Well, let's sign Jake Arrieta to save face. Not buying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. No, I, I agree with all that. Uh, I think Cub fans can agree it's not been the most fun offseason. Uh, different, you know, from what we've expected these last 
whatever, five, seven years, we've been kind of spoiled, I think, to say the least. Uh, and it is what it is. But you flip over to the south side of Chicago, and there's a team that's kind of following the recipe that we had going for so long, and it looks like they're executing it to perfection. So, guys, what do we think about the White Sox uh, in 2021? I, I mean, I... <laughs> As much as I hate to admit it, you got to give credit when credit's due, right? Rick Hahn, mm-hmm. Rick Hahn did a great job, and now I think, I think now, I mean, with Eloy being hurt, I think a division title and you know possibly getting out or you know getting out of the first round and going to the ALCS is kind of the expectation. Obviously, Southsiders will probably say World Series, but I think after seeing what they did last year and losing to Oakland. Um, in the first round, they can, you know, build on that and hopefully get to the ALCS. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they're ready to make the leap. Uh, a few people are asking me, you know, you know, is Tony LaRusso the right guy? Are the White Sox still too young? Did they have enough playoff experience? There were no fans last year. Does that matter? Those things do matter. Um, you just look at this roster and how weak the AL Central is this year outside of maybe Minnesota. Um, their improved bullpen, Liam Hendricks, right now is potentially the best closer in baseball. Um, adding Lance Lynn to that rotation with Lucas Giolito is nasty. Jimenez is a big blow, but does it end their season? No, that gives Andrew Vaughn um, a chance to get an opportunity potentially in left field. Uh, Jose Abreu can slide in that DH role. Um, the only negative I have is I'm scared about Tony LaRusso. It's a young team. They have good morale and I'm hoping the old guy doesn't kill it for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Milan, those are all great points and a lot of stuff that I was going to bring up. Um, I, like you said, Hendricks, I think that was like the biggest offseason addition, maybe for any team. Obviously there's Bowers out there and there's guys like that, but to get the best closer, like you said, probably in baseball this last year, maybe the last right. couple of years, uh, is huge on top of a bullpen that they've bolstered up that was already good. So the bullpen is going to be huge for them, especially, like you said, the addition uh, of Lynn in that starting five. They have, you know, a solid starting five with some young guys to up potential. You know, we'll see how Kopech comes back. Uh, Dylan Seas is going to be pitching for them, and uh, I think they're exciting. Like you said, Jimenez, uh, it'll be a loss. You know, he's out five to six months. It's a long time. But this is a deep team that returns almost, I believe, actually, their entire starting lineup on offense. And uh, there is nothing but, you know, potential for this White Sox team. And I agree, this should be a playoff team that hopefully, you know, can make a run. I won't root against the White Sox, even though I'm a Cubs fan. But I would love to see them be successful. Well, yeah, yeah, you know. So it's cool. Yeah, Base- playing each other in listen, the World Series or against Listen, good base listen, yeah, good baseball yeah, is good exactly. baseball. They're fun to watch. The Chicago White Sox are a fun team to watch. They, good baseball team. Yeah, they are. The oh, the other thing I wanted to add, one thing that might be an issue is them leaving or them not re signing James McCann. And I only say yeah. that I only say that because they're gonna rely heavily on Lucas Giolito this year. And Giolito and McCann were like best buds. So he's going to have to build that rapport with uh, Grandal and not Flowers. Who, why am I drawing? Zach Collins, I think, is their backup. Collins, yep. 
Um, he's going to have to build that rapport with one of them. And I mean, obviously if they, if he can build that relationship and that confidence in Grandal like he did with McCann, I think it's, you know, it is what it is, but that's going to be a huge learning curve, you know, for the first couple months that you'll have to kind of wait and see. And that might affect his psyche because we know in the past that Giolito has had some, you know, he's a head case. He, well, he's, he's in his own head. He's very cerebral. That's the definition of a head case. Well, you know, no, a head <laughs> case. To me, a head <laughs> case is like. You know what you mean. I mean, yes, definitions aside. Head ass. We are going to see uh, two Chicago teams trending in in opposite directions. I think the Cubs are obviously going to be a little bit of a decline this year, and the White Sox hoping to make a leap. Uh, so I guess I'll ask it anyways, uh, even though I think we kind of all know our answer. But White Sox Cubs playing a best of seven World Series this year, we got. Socks and six. Socks and six. All right, Nick? Socks and six. Man. Yeah, I, I would go socks and five. Socks and five. I so think Hendricks is definitely pushing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just the Cubs are not the Cubs are not who we who we want them to be. So no. Not at all. Our average. Let's fat. move on to uh some other free agent signings. Uh so a lot of action this offseason. And what would you guys say for you is the best free agent signing? Who is the player that will make the biggest impact for their new team? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's the San Diego Padres, one of the two big pitchers they signed. I'm going to go with uh, Blake Snell as the X Factor. They really need a lefty in that rotation. Obviously, you know, they signed a couple other guys, won't mention names, but he's going to be a huge X Factor for them. Pitched his ass off in the playoffs. Um, obviously, got. Snubbed in the World Series, getting pulled too early, so I think he's yeah. got a little bit of a chip oh, on God. the shoulder and ready to take. I forgot uh, about that. The fathers of the promised land. I can't believe I forgot about Kevin Cash taking him out like that. That's tragic. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a good one. I think my mine is uh, if I had to pick one. I'd probably say because there's a lot. There was a lot of big names dealt this off season. I think more so in the last, like this off season, than in the last few that I can remember at least. But mine probably has to be Nolan Arenado. I mean, the guy's been one of the best, thir- if not the best, the third baseman in the whole entire league. Um, and I think if he goes out and hits, you know, the two has the two ninety, um, you know, with thirty home runs and. 90 RBIs in a division that is pretty weak right now, I'd say. Um, you know, I think he can put up big numbers and having a guy like Paul Goldschmidt hit probably behind him will protect him a little bit. So I- I'd have to pick Nolan Arenado. Yeah, I think Nolan's going to have a huge impact. One of the best players in, in baseball. For me, I'm going with the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. And the first one, I believe, in Cincinnati Reds history, Trevor Bauer. Obviously, we just bolstered the Los Angeles team even more than they really needed to be. But, I mean, he's unbelievable. I think we all know how good of a player he is, how much passion he pitches with and plays with. Uh, And Asai Young was capped off with it last year. An ERA under two, a whip under .8. I mean, unbelievable. 11-5 and and just one of the best pitchers in baseball and he has been for the past couple of years. So I have no doubts in my mind that he will make an even bigger impact on that Dodgers team. So yeah, like you guys said though, a lot of off season additions and there's a lot of new faces, and new places. 
And uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting season. I want to say this. I want to touch on this before we, we move on. I love Trevor Bauer. I think that any baseball fan should watch his YouTube vlogs. And it's it sounds weird. I know. Sounds weird. But the dude goes so in-depth with his stuff and what he does on a day-to-day basis, which is kind of cool and gives you that behind-the-scenes to what a normal day in the big leagues looks like. And just the stuff he does, how, once again, he's another, I mean, he comes from an engineering background. So everything he does is, like, so calculated and, you know, everything's measured. And it's just, it's really weird, but also so intriguing to watch. So you should just... There's a quick plug for the YouTube plug. For sure. It's cool beans. They are interesting. Yes, he is. He's an interesting human, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk about some division winners. So we'll start out in the NL, NL East. Um, this is a division, obviously, that the Atlanta Braves won last year. Do you guys see that staying the same this year, or do we have a change of pace? I see a little bit of a change of pace. Um, I actually have them as my second place. I have the Washington Nationals winning the division. Um, it's a little bit of a dark horse and probably my biggest dark horse that I have for a division winner. I think Max Scherzer really turns it around this year. They're kind of, you know, in the wings, waiting in the wings. The Braves are taking over them. And I just really like them this year. Davey Martinez is a good coach. They got Schwarber. Um, Soto's going to have a big year. And I just think they're going to go off. Trey Turner's due for a pretty good season, too. Yeah. I like it. I like the Nationals, I think, too. Uh, I think things stay the same. I think Atlanta is young. They're hungry. I think they're going to go far in the playoffs this year. And uh, Acuna, a front runner for MVP. I know Azuna's back who had a career year last year. I mean, it's a team loaded with talent. Freeman, Albies, Dansby, Dansby Swanson. A lot of guys, and uh, I think the biggest question with them is if their pitching can hold up like it did oh, last year, especially that. in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Um to be fair on that side of it, they had a ton of injuries, and those guys stepped up. Now with the rotation, hopefully back in sorts a little bit. I'm curious to see how that goes. I know they have Charlie Morton now this year. I think that's a great addition for them. Mm-hmm. So I think they repeat. And for me in second, I actually have the Mets, uh, although I do think it's going to be a three-team race with the Nationals. Uh, just, you know, when you have that good of pitching in DeGrom, uh, they now have Carrasco, who came over, and then uh, – Strowman, I know, Nick, you're very high on Marcus Strowman. Love me some Marcus Strowman. Yeah, so I, I think they have a, a good shot with the addition of Lindor and Carrasco and, and hopefully some development of some of these younger guys. But they're they're a solid team. I think that NL East is going to be very fun this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have the Braves also repeating as division champions, also with the Mets as the second-place team. But I think that whole division – is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think it's it's probably the second best division in baseball behind the AL the AL East, and I say that because you have the Braves, right? Cunha, Albies, Freeman. You got Morton, like you said. I think the emergence of Ian Anderson last year is going to play a huge role into into this year. I think same thing with Kyle Wright. Um, you know, I think that rotation has a lot of question marks. Mike Soroka coming back from his injury, um, also another question mark. Um, but you also have the Mets, who added a bunch. They added Trevor May to the bullpen. They have Stroman. They have Syndergaard, hopefully, coming back this year. I think he's coming back. Um, you know, DeGrom is the best pitcher in the league. 
Um, but then you have the Phillies who can still like the Phillies still have a solid squad. I mean, Harper, Alec Baum, Real Muto re-signed with them. They re-signed Didi. They pretty much brought back the same squad. Reese Hoskins, Milan's boy. Um, Reese. But Aaron Nola's due to have a big year this year. I mean, he's a solidified ace. Um, their you know their bullpen and their starting rotation is going to have a lot of question marks. And then, I mean, Milan. I mean, obviously the Nats. You guys talked about the Nats a little bit, but uh, I gotta give my my boy some love down in the in South Beach. You know, Sixto Sanchez, Pablo Lopez. Just uh, you know, don't be surprised. Oh, yeah, when, so you like four teams. Good don't teams. be surprised when the boys you get the high. Entire division. You picked the entire division. No, I picked. If you listened, <laughs> I picked the Braves. But I'm giving love to the boys down in South Beach. Just to be. To be fair, and to correct you even, it was actually all five teams. Yes, he did pick every team. Oh, I, I forgot the Mets. He did pick the Mets. I did. He did pick the Mets. Listen, yes, listen. Everyone. So Nick is going to win this one at the end of the year. Listen, Braves three. Braves plus 120. Pick it. Chalk it up. Let's go. Nationals plus 650. Dark Horse. Ten bucks. Okay. There you go. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Time to talk about a division we all hold so dearly as Chicago Cubs fan. And in my opinion, the worst division of baseball. So, Nick. Let's hear it. All right, I'm going to stay with one team. Um, I'm, I'm picking the Cardinals to win at plus 105. But, I mean, Arenado is a bit – I hate picking the Cardinals. I really do. But, I mean, you you add the best third baseman in the league, you got you got something. They're solid one through nine. Their pitching always comes around. Um, Goldschmidt might be, if not the most underrated baseball player in the history of life. Um, He's a stud. Dylan Carlson, you know, is going to have a big year. He came around in the end of the year. We'll see if Nolan Gorman comes up and, and plays some games. But, I mean, they're always solid one through nine. I mean, DeYoung, Tommy Edmond, uh, Harrison Bader, who I think just got hurt. But they're a good team. And Yachty coming back was huge. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, I have the Cardinals too, but this is, this is very slim margins for me. Um, out of those players, Nick, they're loaded man um the only thing you didn't mention and i can fail to mention too is the pitching where's the pitching they re-signed adam wainwright uh they're hoping miles miles and nicholas is going to come back to his 2017 2018 form uh jack flaherty's one of the best pitchers in the game he's almost a guaranteed dub quality start every single time Mm -hmm. i'm worried about them but the rest of the division is so bad i don't see the cubs doing that much a lot of things have to go right the brewers are so boring and the Pirates could be the worst team in the last 50 years of MLB history. So I'll take the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm right on par with both of you. I also have the Cardinals. Uh, addition to Arenado, huge Goldschmidt, a stud. I mean, you guys you guys hit all of them on the point. Uh, for me, there's like two question marks, just like you said, Milan, the Cubs. Who will need some help? I mean, they're going to need better pitching than what we have on paper for us to have a chance. And then uh, the Brewers, yeah, they're just, you know, not a super exciting team, but they always seem these last few years to hang around, you know, towards the end. So we will we will see what happens with that. I think this will for sure be the worst of the. How do we? Though. How do we feel we about the? On that. How do we feel about Cincinnati? Are we just writing them off as dick ballers again? Yeah, I guess we didn't mention them. Um, I think they're a mid tier team that have a shot to do some good things, but I think losing Bauer and a couple other guys hurt. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just aren't worth mentioning. Fair. But <laughs> <laughs> let's go on to the uh, NLS with the best team in baseball, the 
the reigning World Series champions and uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is my division pick. Uh, the best team in baseball got better this offseason. They got the Cy Young winner, uh, on, and the core is back. I mean, this team is going to be unbelievable. They might set a record for wins. I don't know. This team has, like, no ceiling. So I don't think there's a close second because of how good they are, but uh, I will choose a second place, like a wild card. Uh, which would be the Padres for me. I think they're a, a very good baseball team. No doubt about it. I'm fortunate that they're in the Dodgers division. Yeah. I think if you're picking anybody besides the Dodgers and the Padres here, you're you're crazy. The rest of the AL West is, is pretty poor. Um, like you said, Dave, the Dodgers, there's no ceiling. They they literally got better. I yep. mean, it's it makes no sense. It's crazy. The salary cap, who the heck knows? You know, it's just, there's so many things going on and so many thoughts, but this is the best team and they'll be very fun to watch. Dodgers minus 250. I'm going to have a tough time laying that. Throw the mortgage on it. Yeah, they'll, they'll win it. Um, I'm, I'm with you both. Dodgers, Padres, second place. I mean, you signed the reigning Cy Young and you still have one of the best pitchers yeah, of the won. generation, Walker Bueller, who's a Vandy boy. David Price is coming back. You have Gonsolin, Urias. You just it's you Justin guys. May. Dustin, yep, yep. It's, it's the walking like, carrot. Yeah, but carrot. Yeah. Yeah. Dodgers, Dodgers. Yep, yep. I think that's a pretty easy choice for uh, for everybody. Let's move over to the AL. Uh, Nick, you mentioned this might be the best division in baseball. Mm-hmm. It very well might be. So let's talk about the AL East, Nick, and uh, tell us what you got. So this one, looking at it, I do think it's the best division in baseball. Um, And I say that because all these teams, I think with the exception of the Orioles, I think they all got better in some fashion. Even the Red Sox, who played pretty poorly last year. Um, My pick to win it is actually the Toronto Blue Jays. Now... Yeah, so now plus 350, by the way. So I'm picking the Blue Jays to win. And, yes, the Yankees are – I think they're a good team. I think on paper they're a good team, Um, and they would be second place. But, I mean, with the Blue Jays, you have a young squad who are continuously proving themselves with, like, Teoscar Hernandez, um, Gurriel out and left, or, you know, Utility Man. Then you have Biggio, you have Bichette, Vlad Jr. They signed George Springer. They signed Marcus Semien, who are two big all-star bats. Um, they did sign Kirby Yates, but he's going to have, you know, Tommy. Yep. Um, but Nate Pearson is is going to be going to do big things for them um, in the rotation. They're just young and talented, and I think the Yankees will have like they always do. They'll have something go wrong. You know, they'll they'll lose a stretch of games. A lot of injuries. A lot of, a lot of injuries. injuries. So. Yep. Uh, my my pick is the Blue Jays and the Yankees second. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll piggyback off of your second place team, the Yankees. That's who I think will win the division. Uh, I mean that starting rotation is nasty. Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, uh, Taylon from however you pronounce it, I excuse me from uh, Pittsburgh, Montgomery, Severino. Hopefully, comes back, and uh, <laughs> I have high hopes for. For that man, so I hope he comes back. And then, uh, obviously, the bullpen solid. They have a, a power offense. You know, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, uh, DJ LeMahieu had a career year last year. They were able to bring him back. 
Uh, it's a deep team. Glabar is an absolute stud, and John Carlos Stanton. I mean, this lineup is stacked. They're pitching if they so can good. stay healthy. It's always it's always the question with the Yankees is how healthy can they stay because that seems to be like the one team almost reminds me of like the Clippers when they were so good every year in the playoffs. One team, whether or one player, Blake Griffin or Chris Paul, always got injured, and that's the Yankees. It's like they cannot stay healthy. They had John Carlo go down for a lot of time last year. They always have trouble with their starting pitchers. So if they can stay healthy, that's my team. And then second, I would actually go with the Rays, who I know lost you know, a couple of big starters in, in uh, Snell and Morton. But still a good team. Glass now, Yarborough, uh, Waka, Archer, and Rich Hill came over. I think their lineup is as solid as it comes. You know, There's no superstar, but every, every position on that diamond is, is a solid ball player. And the Rays have a way of doing it. Like you said, Nick, how the uh, Blue Jays have done it with guys like Tasker Hernandez. That's what the Rays have done for the past 10 years. They do it with guys you haven't heard of. And, and they just find a way to win 90 games every year. It's, you know, it's what they do. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the Rays brand. Um, Dave, I actually have the same two picks as you. Yankees to win the division and the Rays to come up second. I think the Blue Jays, Nick, is also a pretty good pick. I think they'll be neck and neck with the Rays. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. The rotation for the Yankees, that obviously the hitting is the hitting. We know about their hitting. The rotation is what I need to look at. Obviously, Jameson Tyone coming off Tommy John, but he's up to 95 miles an hour already. Kubat hopefully is going to have a bounce back here for them. Savarino back, he is like Cy Young worthy. Like he is potentially Cy Young worthy if he's back to his original form. And another guy, X Factor for me, is uh, Diego Garcia, one of their top prospects. He pitched in the latter half of the year last year for them. He has a nasty 12-6 curve, and I'm expecting big things out of the Yankees, but like Dave alluded to earlier, must stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Biggest must. question mark. Yep. Yeah, yeah let's, let's – so the team that we were just raving about earlier on the show, the Chicago White Sox, part of, you know, and also weak AL Central. Uh, I don't know, the Central divisions are not holding up their, their ends of the bargain, but outside of the Twins, who I have finishing second, and the White Sox first – uh, Milan, who do you like in that division? Um, I have the White Sox. I think they're good enough to get over the hump. I think the Twins give them a real hard time all year like they do every year. Um, I think this will go deep into September, and I think the White Sox pull it up by a few games and uh, clinch a division title. I think an factor that we didn't talk about earlier for the White Sox is Adam Eaton coming back. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, potentially a dirty steel guy, and he can still hit the ball out of the ballpark especially at their wiffle ball field over there on the south side. <laughs> so I have the Sox and the Twins come in second. Nick? Uh, I'm the same way. I got the White Sox. I think the Lance Lynn signing was big. Tony La Russa, I think, I mean, he's an Hall of Famer for a reason, right? Um, if he doesn't get in the way of that young team, that energy, I think that it'll be good for them. I also think having fans back will be good for them because the White Sox fans seem to be more excited now than in years past. Um, but, I mean, we'll see Vaughn. If, I, I'm right there with you, though. Twins second place, and I think it's going to be, you know, a September dash to the finish. Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, didn't really touch on it a whole lot, but I'm the same way. Uh, White Sox first, Twins second. Uh, I don't know. I just don't think that a lot of the teams in this division outside of the White Sox uh, got better. I think, you know, a big addition for the Twins would be Anderson Simmons coming over uh, from, from Los Angeles. And... Outside of that, though, they did keep you know the team together a little bit. It's just you know, is there enough talent there? Who knows? You know, the pitching is solid. Kenta Maeda came, 
you know, he, he did well last year. And then Barrios, you know, he has the potential to be a, a Cy Young type of pitcher. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, like you said, it's going to come down to September uh, as it usually does in this division. So it's a, it'll yeah. be a two-team race. Agreed. And then, yeah, let's go over and talk about the last division. So the AL West, which is has been dominated in years past by the Astros, but what could be a turning of tides, absolutely wide open, Nick. Lead us off. Oh, man. All right, I'm going to go with another probably unpopular pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Angels as my AL West division winner. <laughs> Milan's cheering in the background, by the way. He likes the pick. I love, first of all, I think Joe Madden, I think this is the year he like they, they figure it out. But, I mean, Shohei Otani, I think, is going to be a huge catalyst for them. The guys look nasty all spring. The guy can mash the ball. Um, I saw a stat like at the end of last year where he was hitting like, if he played a full season in the first 162 or the full 162, he was hitting like 300 with like 30 some home runs, like 80 RBIs or something like that. But he's a big catalyst, obviously Trout, um, the emergence of Jared Walsh um, and Joe Adele will be huge for them this year. Um, and then a signing that they had, I mean, Dylan Bundy and their pitching rotation will be big, but having them get Quintana, I think is huge because he's a guy that can go out there and give you quality starts and is a proven, I mean, he's a proven veteran lefty. And I just don't think that the eight or sorry, the Astros are going to be able to necessarily hang just because of the pitching. But I think that the, I'm picking the angels with the A's right behind them. Yeah. I'm the same way. Nick. I'm just going to piggyback real quick because I also have the angels winning the division fantastic pick i think it's finally a big year it all comes together nick alluded to that crazy offense they have i think um outside of quintana the biggest um addition other than otani coming back and potentially pitching is rafael iglesias as their closer mm-hmm. they have had a hole in their closer like, for the longest time trying to go to Kenyon middleton and a couple different other things that haven't worked out so as long as the bullpen's there, like I said earlier, I think this is wide open. I think the Astros have what it takes to get there, and I also think my second-place team, the A's, have what it takes to get there. I'm just not sure they have enough pitching to win the division. So I think this is wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a three-team race. I actually have the A's uh, winning the division. It's a team like the Rays. I mean, they're there every year. They do it with you know different resources than the big market teams, but uh, strong bullpen – you know, solid starting pitching and fundamental hitting. It's like what carries teams like the athletics in the race. Uh, and, and they'll do it again this year. They obviously, they have some studs, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman. I mean, these guys can hit the ball. And I just, I just think the consistency that they've shown over the past years without having to do a, do it with a star is something that they'll do again in a division that's weaker, obviously, than it has been with the Astros. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, like you guys said, the Angels have a very good shot <laughs> when you have two of the top, what, five, ten players in baseball. Anthony Rendon is that good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I think they him. have a legit shot. And, and outside of that, I do think the Astros still have a chance to win this division uh, simply because they, you know, they have been so loaded and at the point where they're in the playoffs every year, you know, losing a couple guys hurts, but it doesn't kill them. You know, they have Correa, they have Bregman, they have El Tube. They have Michael Brantley. You know, they have Jordan Alvarez. They have guys that can play baseball still. 
and, and I think the pitching will for sure be the biggest issue for them. If, uh, some of these guys, like their top three, Grinky McCullers and Odorizzi, can can all be 15-game winners, then that's you know a very good recipe for them. But <laughs> is it possible is the, is the question. So, here's, here's the other team. Athletics. Here's the other team that could be an interesting conversation is the Seattle Mariners. And I only say that because they have maybe not this year, but next year, I think, or this year, I think we'll start to see it. And I think next year is when we'll really, they'll really be in the conversation. I only say that because Kalenic is going to be playing up this year. Taylor Trammell, uh, Kyle Lewis. I mean, that outfield, if those three can stick together, I think those three will have a lot of success. And then you have guys like uh, Evan White. Um, I think Seager's in his last year probably playing. Um, you know, they're pitching. Where's, but where's the pitching? Marco Gonzalez, yeah, a, Justice no, Sheffield. They have p- pitching. <laughs> bro, listen, pitching's got a lot of – listen, the pitching's got a lot of question marks, but – Look, it's a dark horse. I understand. I understand. It's just they – just look it's out. It's that dark. Just look – okay. Hall, I'm looking right now. D.L. Hall is there like number three. Yeah, just look, just look out for him, all right? Just watch. He's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Yes. They can hit. They can hit. It's going to be fun. They're going to surprise. Baseball is going to be fun. And speaking <laughs> of fun, the World Series, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, for me, I think there is a very front clear runner, and that is the team I won it last year, Los Angeles, the Dodgers. Uh, as we, we all touched on it, a team that got better – uh, they're at plus 350. Nothing is given in baseball, but I will put a lot of money on the Dodgers plus 350 to win the World Series. Yeah, I'm right. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Um, I'm going with the Yankees at plus 550. I think they finally put it together, and fingers crossed they're all healthy. They are really the only team that can even somewhat contend with the Dodgers if fully healthy. I agree. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take them. Obviously, the Dodgers are number two. I am going to put very, very heavy money on the Dodgers to win the NL. Whatever that's at, I'm going to slam that. Fair enough. I'll take the Yankees to win the World Series. Yeah. A quick dark horse uh, for you before. Dark horse? Sorry. Um, dark dark horse. horse. Dark horse. <laughs> My dark horse uh, to win the World Series would be the Oakland Athletics, a team we just talked about, mm-hmm. uh, at plus 2,500. Uh, I, my couple notes on them, get one or two starters during the season or on the trade deadline. You know, depending where you are in the standings, and get a difference-making bat. They do those two things. That is a great dark horse for sure. And I'll add on real quick. Mine is the team we just talked about in that same division, the Angels, at plus thirty-five hundred. If the pitching holds up, and they can add one or two more arms at the deadline if they're in contention, that'll be pretty good. Uh, I my, like it, Nick. My who pick- is your regular and your dark horse? My <laughs> my regular is the Dodgers. Um, I'm piggybacking off of you guys. It's just it's hard when the best team in baseball gets the Cy Young um, at plus mm-hmm. 350. Uh, I have a couple dark horses. Um, I think one surprise, one could be the Mets at plus a thousand. I think that's. Um, I mean, if they win that division, I think they have a chance. When you go out there with you know the best pitcher in baseball, Syndergaard, Stroman, Carrasco, um, you know in that rotation come playoff time. Um, and then also the Blue Jays at plus two twenty, or sorry, plus twenty two hundred. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. Plus, <laughs> listen, 
the Blue Jays got Mike Trout. You guys heard it here first. No, plus yeah. uh, twenty two hundred. <laughs> excuse me, is my dark okay. horse. I like it. Dark horses. I will like say, I'm a little surprised that the Mets are only plus a thousand. I thought they'd be closer to that fifteen hundred range. Yeah, but I, I, I agree. I'm not that high. Up, but no, I guess I guess the sports books are. But uh, let's talk about some MVPs in the NL. So Nick, you let us. Excuse me, you finish us off with the the World Series champs. So start us off with the NL MVP. Give us a, a front runner and a dark horse. Uh, front runner right now is Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, I just think the dude, he's slowly becoming the best player in baseball. Um, he's very exciting to watch. I think he ends up hitting over 40 home runs. I think he also ends up, obviously, if he stays healthy, you know, getting 90 to 100 RBIs, depending where he hits in the order. I think he's a leadoff, but I still think he'll hit 40. Um, he's at plus 800. And then my dark horse is actually Manny Machado at plus 2200. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed last year towards the back half after Tatis got started or like started really playing like Tatis, uh, Machado stepped up. So when Tatis slumped, the Machado became the best hitter in baseball or on that team, excuse yeah. me. So he's sure. going to be my dark, he's going to be my dark horse for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's a star. Yeah. I mean, so it's very reasonable. Hold on. Who you got? Um, NL MVP. I have the same as Nick Ronald Acuna. Uh, one note I want to add, I think Freddie Freeman winning the NL MVP last year helps Ronald. He's going to see more pitches. I think uh, Freeman's going to be pitched around a little bit more, opening up the door for him for a bunch of RBIs. Hopefully hits in the two-hole, Nick. I'm not too sure either, but I'm hoping Albies can lead off and fill that hole so he can hit two. Mm-hmm. Um, my dark horse is a guy that's absolutely killing it and actually had a fantastic year last year, but since he got paid a trillion dollars, people think he's still not good at baseball, and that is Bryce Harper. Yeah, plus fifteen hundred. Um, you look at the offense outside of Real Muto and maybe Hoskins. Like that guy's going to be counted on to drive in about one hundred and twenty RBIs if the Phillies don't have a chance to make the playoffs. So I like him as a as outlier. Yeah, I think there's uh, quite a few potential front runners in in the NL. For me, I am going to go with. The young stud, Juan Soto, uh, still just 22 years old. And for me, this is the best player in baseball that's not named Mike Trout. Uh, Hmm. Only his fourth year, but man, what he has done in his first three years, every single year he has has had an OBP over 400. Every single year has had an OPS over 900. Uh, The dude gets on base. He doesn't strike out. Uh, he can hit for power. I mean, in his shortened season last year, only played 47 games, but the the man hit 351, had a 490 OBP, and uh, almost a 1200 OPS. Uh, the sky is the limit for this 22 year old with the sweet lefty stroke. I mean, he is really fun to watch, and I think he's going to do spectacular things uh, and be one of the big reasons that the Nationals have a chance to win that division this year. Mm-hmm. Agreed, definitely. Agreed, yeah. Man. Who's your dark horse? Of, uh, yeah, so my dark horse, I will go with the guy you kind of raved on earlier, Nolan Arenado, who in a division that is as close and as bad as it is, uh, this is a guy that's going to make a difference, and you know that could help him get away with the MVP. Uh, for him, his odds are plus 1,200. Juan Soto's was plus 750. But Arenado has, since he's come into this league, been one of the best offensive players 
uh, third baseman and the best defensive third baseman in baseball. So okay. there is uh, very high hopes for him in St. Louis, and uh, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, real quick, I think we're well, starting off in the AL. I just want to go around the circle real quick. I think we're all going to take the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Trout. Yeah, I don't think he even needs an explanation, does he? he I think he just goes straight to the dark horse's name. Oh, okay, well, I, you know. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Didn't you oh, Nick, did you not have, have Trout? Trout? I did not have Mike Trout. That's not true. We don't know this before, though. Huh? Even if I think I think uh, what happened okay. was we okay. were calling Nick silly for not having Mike Trout. Yeah, well, I mean, Mike Trout's yeah. the best player. Like, dude, I, you know, Mike Trout's the best player. Yeah, you know. All right, go ahead, Nick. Well, you can start us off then with your non-Mike Trout. Non-Mike listen, I, I give respect to it's Mike fun. Trout. Sorry, he might be the best player who ever lived, but we people for, are going to forget about this guy. But he almost won MVP last year, and that's Jose Ramirez. At plus, he's a, he's a plus, he's plus twelve hundred because Mike Trout's probably minus five thousand right now. Um, but he's plus, he's plus twelve hundred. You know, he he hits well from both sides. He's, I mean, he's going to, I think he's in a contract year, so he's going to want to hit, you know, he's just, he's a stud. He finds a way to do it. He gets hot and, you know, you can't pitch to him. And I'm, I'm picking Jose Ramirez as my AL MVP. Yeah. Switch hitter too. Big, big game changer when you're up at the plate there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Outside of uh, our winning pick, Milan, who's your dark horse? <laughs> Wow, the shade, the shade. Um, I'm going to stick on the south side. Um, I think Jimenez going down. Someone's got to crack the bass. Obviously, they're going to pitch around the Brayu towards the middle of the order. I think it stays on the south side with new Bob, Luis Robert. Um, He's plus (laughs) 2,500. And uh, he can just cover some ground in the outfield as an absolute missile for an arm. And we've seen a way he can hit the baseball. So I think he's starting to come into his own and, you know, lay off um, some of those pitches that used to swing through. So I think he's got a real shot. Lou Bob. Nice. Yeah. Lou I Bob. like it. I Love also it. have a guy at plus 2,500 who I think has way better odds than, than he should. And that's Glaybar Torres, who struggled last year. No, no denying that. But uh, a 24-year-old who will be coming into his fourth season that has shown tremendous power, uh, can play both second base and shortstop. Uh, you know, I, I think he has a big year because that strikeout number down. And uh, the power's there, 38 home runs the year before uh, the shortened season. And I think he gets in the, into that 40 mark. Nice little plus 2,500 dark horse for me. Nice. My, my, yeah. my dark horse, thanks for asking, Dave. My dark horse is uh, Shohei Otani at plus 2,000. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought Jose Ramirez was your dark horse. No, Jose Ramirez is my pick, man. <laughs> uh, Shohei Otani. So you picked Shohei for MVP and Cy Young. All right, guys, get your money in. What's the what's yeah. there? I got? Can you parlay that? You probably could. <laughs> you probably get some good like odds. That. Hey, we've seen it happen. Didn't didn't Kershaw do that, or was that Verlander? Uh, I believe it was Verlander who won MVP and Cy yeah, Young. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Verlander. Verlander. But let's uh, let's speaking of Cy Youngs, so let's 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 hear your pick, pitcher Milan. Who is your NL Cy Young Award winner? You said National League? Sorry, I kind of cut out. Yeah, NL, National League. National League. So this one was tough for me. There's a lot of really good pitchers out there. Um, I This was kind of a dark horse pick for me. I have two of them. I couldn't really find a favorite. I think Max Scherzer is going to win it. 
I'm, like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm pretty high in Washington, and I think he's going to pitch with a little chip on his shoulder. A lot of the attention is on Darvish, Snell, Bauer. I think he's going to pitch lights out and carry that team. And a dark horse is Luis Castillo from Cincinnati at plus 1,500. Um, he had a lights out year mm-hmm. last year. And I really think, you know, if the Reds have any success on the mound and as a team, it's going to start with them since Bauer's gone. Nice. I like those yeah. picks. Dave, what about you? Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with the man who's been the best pitcher in baseball for the last few seasons. That's Jacob DeGrom. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been a top three Cy Young guy, what, the past three years? And uh, he's an absolute stud and absolutely the only reason outside of some additions now that the Mets have really been relevant is because of how well this man pitches. Uh, I think he has another great year. He's just, he's just so good. The only thing that, you know, really lacks for him is that win loss total. Uh, not necessarily his fault. He's usually right around 500. Uh, but I think with a better team this year, he gets around that 20 game winner, which he's never done in his career. And, and he gets yeah. a Cy Young. Uh, his odds on that, by the way, I believe he's the favorite in the NL. It's plus 425. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my dark horse, so going back to your question, it was two people, Justin Verlander and Clayton Kershaw. So Clayton Kershaw is my I'm a god. Uh, my dark horse at plus 2,500. Wow. Tell me when you thought you would ever get Clayton Kershaw for plus 2,500 odds to an Young. He bounced back last year. I, I thought that he looked... Like back to his his old self, you know, six and two. His whip was point eight four, which obviously is short in season, but that would have been the second best of his career. Uh, I mean, man, he 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 eight innings. He and you know, two uh, excuse me, sixty two strikeouts and fifty eight innings, only eight walks. He has probably been the best pitcher in our lifetime that we'll ever see. Maybe outside of like guys like the Grom, but if. If he can do what Kershaw has done for the past 10 years of dominance, like Clayton Kershaw at plus 2,500 odds, I believe is a great, great choice for uh, a possible NL Cy Young pick. Big Clayton. I got, over, got over the playoff hump, too. Sorry, I had to put he, that No, he, he did. did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning it. He did. My pick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off Milan. I'm going to pick Max Scherzer I, for the same exact reasons. He's still the, one of the best pitchers in the league, but this NL – Looking at these pitchers, the NL Cy Young race is going to be very, very fun to watch just because of the amount of depth there is that, you know, DeGrom, Scherzer, Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, uh, Snell, Darv. Like, you have all these guys that can go out there and just chuck, and it's it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I have two dark horses. Uh, One you're going to laugh at, but the one that you're not going to laugh at is Jack Flaherty. I think he is a a plus – uh, 1500 um, weak NL Central division he's going to play them the majority numbers it could be inflated a little bit um, but he's just a, he's a good solid pitcher so Flaherty and then the one you're going to laugh at and Milad you laughed at this kind of earlier is uh, Marcus Stroman at plus 5000 um, I think the dude he's probably going to come in as the two or no excuse me probably the three but he's going to go out there. He's going to probably win 15 games. I think his ERA is going to be under three. I think that, I mean, watching him this spring, watching his workouts and everything, he's got this new, like, split change that looks absolutely yeah. nasty. His slider seems to have more control on it than 
in years past. I think this is the year he comes together. I think he's actually going to be that X factor for the Mets along the way. Yeah, not a bad pick, actually. I think he's got a good chance for a bounce back here. Obviously, he was hurt last year and slash. Sure, I think he just sat out, yeah, for COVID. Yeah. But, so yeah, regardless, definitely a good bounce back candidate. Uh, let's talk about the AL side, where I think there's also, you know, tight race. I think the Cy Young and the MVP always are. So, Blonde, start us off. Who you uh, got for the AL Cy Young? Um, I'm going to keep it in Cleveland with Shane Bieber. I think this guy is pretty unbelievable. Um, obviously, Garrett Cole, who's the front runner, is very, very good. Probably will lead the league in strikeouts that JV sitting out. Um, but I think the addition with Severino and a couple of like Kluber and Tyone, those guys are kind of going to overshadow the overall success. I think the Cleveland lost a lot of guys, and same as the pick with Nick with Jose Ramirez, Bieber's going to have to shine for the Indians to do well. And my dark horse is Nasty Nate, is what they call him, Nate Pearson. At plus 3,300, pretty big dark horse. But kick a pitch, um, averaged about 10 strikeouts per game his last five starts um, of 2020. And I think he's due for a breakout here. Hell yeah. Yeah. You guys are really you guys are really high on this Yankees staff, huh? Look, yeah. it's always uh, it's always about health. And speaking of Yankee staffs, so I'll go with my picks. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Good transition. I'm actually... Yeah, so I'm actually not going to go with the Yankee to start. I'll have a dark horse. But my first is also going to be Shane Bieber. Uh, yeah, he's a stud. I just, you know, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of guys in Cleveland in general. I think Bieber is going to, like, run away and just he's going to be so good on a team that's going to be so average to bad that he's going to really stick out. And, and in a sport like baseball, it's not as important. You know, team success helps, but – it's, it's not the NBA or the NFL where you really need those. As long as they're not a 50-win team, I think it will be okay. Um, and then my dark horse is, is from the New York Yankees. So Luis Severino, who is uh, – he had Tommy John last year. So, you know, this is a dude that strikes out a ton of people. He has nasty stuff. He throws mid, mid to high 90s with a disgusting slider. Uh, I mean, he is – health right it's this is the theme of the night with the yankees is how healthy can they stay because that's how far they're going to go mm-hmm. uh, and i think the same holds true for louis severino if he can stay healthy he is going to be right up there with garrett cole as one of the top pitchers in that division and, and in the al mm. great interesting well my al cy young is going to actually be at the yankees it's garrett cole i think him having um higashioka back there instead of sanchez really helped them last year I mean, you could look at the numbers, but um, I think him rolling out with that guy game game one, um, he's gonna figure it out, and he's he's just he's Garrett Cole. Um, yeah. My dark horse, and we mentioned this earlier, is Shohei Otani. Um, <laughs> plus four thousand, he really is a dark horse. But I mean, if the dude can can stay healthy, I mean the guy probably averages like 97 on his fastball. He's got a nasty splitter. Um, I think that he can do wonders for them this year and possibly walk away, you know, with the Cy Young Award. Yeah. Otani's all over the place tonight. Love him. He is all over the place. It's showtime. Showtime, baby. Let's go. Are you in? I like it. I'm in. All right. Sign up. 
Sign up <laughs> for Showtime. The show, but not Showtime. No, there you go. Dude, the show comes <laughs> out in like 21 days. That's crazy. Season starts Thursday. Sorry. I know. It's also crazy that it's coming out after the season just starts. It never happens like that. It's no, probably because. I really don't remember it ever happening like that. Cross platform. That's it. That's it. Nick's a genius, guys. He figured it out. Welcome. <laughs> it's the first time I've been called that, boys. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's end our night on Nick being a genius. He can get a good night's nice rest tonight knowing that he is, in fact, a genius. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Guys. about betting real quick before we log off. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about betting. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Real we quick. Are, um, go ahead, Juan. Sorry, I'll take it away real quick. Well, we do bets every single day. We're going to post it on our Twitter feed, and that is at TakeYourBasePod, right? Yes. One word. That's take right. your base pod. One take word. Your base pod. Each one of us is going to have one pick a day, our favorite game. We're going to post it up there. Um, we had a pretty good record last year when me and Nick were making picks with another one of our friends. And Dave is going to help us even more this year. So we're looking forward to making some money. Anyone yeah. Absolutely. Else? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, like thank money. you guys you know, for tuning in. It's, it's fun to talk about baseball. It's fun that baseball is going to be back. Uh, we're excited. We're excited to talk baseball. Uh, like Milan said, give us a follow on Twitter at TakeYourBasePod. Uh, TakeYourBasePod, all one word. And uh, look out for our picks every day. Hopefully, we can win you guys some money. And uh, more importantly, hopefully, you guys you know like the show. Give us a follow. Share with your friends. And give us any feedback. If there's anything you want us to talk about, we love baseball. We'll talk about it. Also, Great. the last thing I'll say, my closing remarks. Obviously, follow the Twitter. You know, we we know from last year we, we did really well on the betting side. We were always in the green, baby. But, uh... Also, look for us on Locker Room app. We'll be probably going on there once a week, just chatting about baseball. Come and hang out with us. Um, bring any questions you guys want us to talk about. Um, and look for us there. We'll, we'll watch a game, live game, and, and just talk yeah. baseball. It'll be fun. Yeah. Fun times. We'll definitely go more, go more into detail on that stuff on the Twitter. So yeah. Shohei. Yeah. Keep an eye out. We'll watch Shohei yeah. Otani with each other. Go Shohei. And the Marlins. And go Marlins. It was a pleasure. You guys have a good night. This was Take Your Base Pod with David, Nick, and Milan. Have a good one.